We're going to show you some slides in just a minute. Um, years ago, I don't even know what year it would have been, back in the, back in the 1900s, I was rested in on a Monday. It's my day. It's my Sabbath day. And um, as I laid there trying to get my mind to disengage from all the work and busyness and stuff of ministry, I just found myself thanking the Lord for all that he had given me. Because I didn't start at zero. I started like minus 500. I had, I had nothing. I had no grace, no abilities. <clears throat> and when the Lord brought me to himself, he layered me with just all kinds of grace, all kinds of gifts and blessings and made me a rich man. And, and as I laid there thanking him for my family and my wife and my church and that I, that I even knew that God existed, but then beyond that, being able to call him father was amazing to me. So I just began to out loud recount his grace in my life. And I became a little tipsy. I got a little drunk uh, spiritually. I just became intoxicated. The more I did it, the more I just it bubbled up with inside of me. And I saw something that morning. And I, I saw something that, that, that really changed my life. And I went down to my, my drawing table, and, and back in those days, uh, we didn't have projectors like this. We had overhead projectors, little pieces of acetate or plastic that you would write your songs on, and that's what we did. And I had a stack of those, and I went down, and I, and I drew what I'm about to show you this morning, I, although it was a rough draft, and these are more, more finished draft. But it's a Thanksgiving message. It just reminds me of kind of a, an abundance of grace that God has given us. Can you put up the first slide, Caleb? And you can't see all of it. It's just my, my slide didn't fit the screen. But, but it's, uh, I just drew the outline of a man. And, and I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in this body. Uh, there's a spirit being that came from God, that God breathed into Adam's. And was passed along from man to man. And, and that same breath is inside of me. I'm a spirit. I long for the things of God. And I've, I've always longed for the things of God. But I have a soul that uh, sometimes is in com conflict with my spirit. And I have a flesh, a flesh, a, a nature that is a, at war with my spirit. And both of these parts of me are at war in my soul. And I can see my flesh and I can see my spirit. I can hear this voice of my flesh. I can hear the voice of my spirit. There's a war inside of me. And, and so I, I, I drew that out as an outline. Let's pull up the next slide. And uh, one of the things the Lord did to me that I was so grateful for is, is he cleansed my conscience. And... Um, I drew that on my acetate. I drew that as a, as a smoke detector. When I was a little kid, uh, the neighborhood boys would want to go down to the store and steal. And uh, my little conscience was so tender that I would tremble. And I wanted to be brave and I wanted to be part of the gang and all of that. But I couldn't steal. My conscience would just rattle with inside of me. And, and, uh, but the more you do anything and you violate that conscience, you overrun that conscience, after a while it becomes duller, 
quieter and becomes gummed up so that it doesn't work anymore. So I got to a point as a, as a teenager that I could steal. My conscience wouldn't bother me the same, except I couldn't go camping or, or go for a hike in the woods without, you know, where it's quiet, without my conscience coming alive and, and uh, condemning me for all the stuff that I'd done. So I had to have music playing. I had to have distractions all the time. I just couldn't sit still and be quiet because my conscience would catch up with me. And, and so I drew this as a smoke detector. And one of the things that happened that I'm so grateful for is when I met Jesus, he cleansed my conscience with his blood. And my conscience began to work again as a powerful, powerful tool for which I'm very grateful. He's put within me the fear of the Lord. And you can see this. I'm just going to go down the, both sides here. Uh, he's put within me a fear of the Lord. And I became mindful right away that he's looking and he's listening. And I can't tell you how how much that has been a, a, a comfort for me. It's not a threat. It's a, it's a safeguard. And then he took me through a process of renewing my mind through the word of God. And, and even though I, my spirit was completely brand new, my conscience was new, my mind needed to be renewed, and that took time. Beyond that, I'm redeemed. And... Um, he chose to buy me. He didn't, he didn't just take me. He had to buy me from the hand of him who hated me. And he didn't dicker and he didn't reduce my value or reduce my, my price. And he said, well, Penn's broken and Penn's uh, done these things, so therefore we're, we're going to ask for a lower price. He paid, this, he paid the ultimate price for me. He bought me with his son's life. I'm as valuable to Jesus. I'm as valuable to my Father in heaven as Jesus is paid the same price for me. Then he, he did so many things. I mean, uh, my soul is being saved, being healed. Uh, I have uh, hope as an anchor. Uh, he wrote his law on my heart. Uh, even the guys in the jungle, deep in the jungle, they, they know what's right and they know what's wrong. They know uh, because God has written his laws, what pleases him. He's put that within the heart of man. I, I, if you look down beside that bell... In the middle, underneath the Bible there, is a, a, a seed. And he put faith in my heart. Nobody will be able to stand before the Lord and say, I couldn't believe, because he's put faith in everyone's heart. Everyone has had this grace. He's put an anointing within. And that was a powerful experience. I remember going to a conference as a brand new Christian, and I didn't have any theology. I mean, I didn't know anything in the Bible. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. But as the speaker was talking, my heart was going off within me and saying, this isn't true. This isn't right. This isn't, this isn't the way it should be. And my heart would tell me that what this man who was uh, an aged minister in the gospel, was what he was teaching was wrong. And I had, to, I had a conflict because my head's saying, well, he should know. My heart was saying, it doesn't ring true. And, and God's given everybody an ability to keep from being deceived. If we listen to our hearts, our hearts will tell us that what they're teaching is right or teaching is wrong. And it's part of the grace of God. He's caused me to be seated in heavenly places uh, with Christ Jesus above everything. I mean, that's just such an amazing position of authority, position having heavenly access to him. Uh, 
He's put the fruit of the Spirit. When Jesus came in my heart, he smeared me with himself. All the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the self-control, uh, faithfulness, all the things that I couldn't do within myself, he, he's put within me. He's given me the ability to do these things because I can't manufacture any of that. I got baptism. Uh, I, I got baptized. I remember coming home uh, uh, from church, uh, and I, I told Heather, I said, I, I'm going to get baptized next Sunday. Do you want to come and see me get baptized? I heard an invitation saying, we're going to have a baptism. My heart said, you have to do this. This is, this is right. And, and I had an immediate profound effect that come not from the water, not from the tank, but from a public declaration that Jesus is now the Lord of my life and my surrendering to him, my taking steps of obedience, even though it wasn't logical, even though it was inconvenient, it impacted me. It, it gave me a boost that I needed. So I drew that. I put the effect of baptism. I put the fruit of the Spirit. I put the anointing within that little seed. I put a ring on the finger because uh, he's made me a son and he's made me a joint heir. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me. It's a profound experience. Uh, God works within me both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's not up to me just to pull myself up by my bootstraps. He's given me a grace that he actually works within me to, to have the want to. Both to will and to do what pleases him. He's caused me to be blameless. He sanctified me. He justified me. There's a covenant relationship between me and my Father God. He's uh, part of his ministry is to lead me into all truth. And then beyond that, Jesus becomes my pastor. And I can't tell you how, how grateful that is. We have a good pastoral team here, but we cannot pastor you. We cannot, we cannot pastor you hardly at all. If you don't have a pastoral relationship with Jesus where he can speak to you and guide you and direct you and correct you and protect you, uh, you're not going to be pastored. You need to know Jesus as your pastor. I'm grateful that he's my pastor. One of the things that God did for me that was so profound is he translated me. I had a translation experience where he translated me from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his uh, dear son, in the son of his love, I had a, a transference. He didn't leave a few old demons down there. He completely translated me from the power of darkness. And I'm so grateful for that. So that was the first slide. I just wrote it out. Um, and and I, I, I just realized God's done all this inside of me. Can you pull up the next slide, son? Well... I found this verse in, in Peter. It's talking about the manifold grace of God. And the word manifold is many dimensions or many hues. And when I stopped and think about how many colors, you know, when you take the primary colors and you mix them, you get this unlimited amount of, of color. And so uh, there's so much grace available that it's the manifold grace of God. It's the many hues. So I took, I took my markers and I began to color the guy with all these different combinations of the primary colors. One of the things that he's done is he's opened up a throne of grace. And he said, now you have access to this throne of grace. You can come to it any time you need help or mercy. It's open. It'll never be closed for you. There's no line I can go there anytime, a throne of grace where I can stand before my Father. I can't tell you how much 
that has brought comfort to me, and I've, I've gone there so many times. The Spirit is praying through us. That's a reality that, that I've loved and enjoyed. But Jesus is also praying for me. Jesus is interceding for you and for me. Isn't it an amazing thing that someone is praying for you? Someone believes that you can make it. Someone is on your side interceding for you. It's caused us to be joint heirs with Jesus. I, I mentioned that before. Uh, just stop and think about the grace of that. The Father owns everything in heaven and earth, and he gives it all to Jesus, and then turns around, and he says, now I'm going to make you a joint heir with Jesus. Everything that belongs to him belongs to you, all by his grace. There's no way you could have ever earned that. There's a cloud of witnesses. I'd never been a Christian before. I, in fact, even now, I, I, I'm, I'm aware that I've never been this far before. I've never pastored a church like this before. I've never, I've never been where I am spiritually these days before. The only way that I can make it is I need to be surrounded by people who've gone on before me. And I, and I, I read books and I get to conferences. And I, uh, we had a minister come in this week and talk to us as a, as a leadership team, someone who has experiences uh, that we don't have. I need a cloud of witness. I, I need to surround myself with people who've gone before. Uh, it helps me to know how to walk this thing out. Plus, he's put me in the body of Christ. And the next below that, he's given us the Bible, but then the love of the brotherhood. I remember one time when I was a teenager, I left my job and I, I sold everything I had, sold my car, sold all, sold all my stuff, and I moved to British Columbia. I just wanted to get away and start over, and that was as far away as you can get. And God was dealing with me during that season, and, and uh, that was part of the thing that he was working inside of me. But my uncle was really concerned. He was a pastor, and he was really concerned for me. And he said, I'll tell you what, when you get out to British Columbia, if you ever get in trouble, just go to a church. And I remember thinking, how could you say that? How, could you, how do you know what kind of churches there are in British Columbia? He'd never been there. But there's something true in what he says, that, the, that you can get into this whole brotherhood this, this brotherhood where you, can, you don't know them, they don't know you. I've experienced this so many times since, where there's an instant connection of the brotherhood. I remember having a guy come to my house one time, and he was, he was a missionary, and he was telling about being in one of the Slavic countries that, that opened up after the fall of communism. And I think it might have been Hungary or Romania. It was very early and uh, he didn't know anybody. He, the guy who had invited him didn't show up at the airport. And he's stuck there. And he's in a country where he doesn't know a soul. And he's stuck hour after hour. And it looked like he was going to have to spend the night and maybe get another flight back home. And, and he's, he decided, I'm going to try this. He took his Bible and he held it up over his head. And he walked up and down the corridors of the airport and, and somebody stopped him and said, are you a brother? And he said, I am. He says, come to my house. There's a brotherhood that's so powerful, that's so profound. He's given us a Bible, and there are people who've actually laid down their life to produce a Bible that I can read and have access to anytime I want. I'm one of the few Christians. It's only been a, a few generations of people who can actually handle, touch a Bible, own, or own their own Bible, that you can go to, and not only that, on my phone, I have Bibles on top of Bibles. 
There was a day not that long ago that people were burned at the stake for reading the Bible in English. And here we are. We're, we're so, so full of grace that we have unlimited access to the Word of God. God's constantly drawn me to himself. He's granted me repentance. It's not just all up to me. He chastens me. He spanks me. I'm so grateful for that. I don't like it when it's happening, but I love the fruit of it. And part of his faithfulness as a good dad is that he spanks me. He disciplines me. Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you glad he doesn't leave you to yourself? Amen. There's one amen. He's chastening us. He gives us sound judgment, access to wisdom. Wisdom is actually calling out in the streets, say, come and get me, take me. Search for me as you would silver or gold. And I remember realizing I had so little wisdom, and I just began praying, asking God over and over and over again, give me wisdom. And he began giving me layers of wisdom. And I'm just so grateful for the, for the access to that. He's given me discretion. Discretion is where you, you decide based on the word of God. You decide your response before anything happens. So you can say, if this ever happens, this is how I'm going to respond. That's, that's called discretion. Nobody just falls into sin. They have to plan. They have to prepare. They have to make provision for their flesh to sin. Well, in the same way, you can have discretion where you actually have a plan not to sin. That's what the book of Proverbs teaches us. He's given us understanding. He's given us the mind of Christ. He's caused us to be kings and priests before him. He's given us the power of praise. We, set, we uh, talked about that this morning. Not just on Sunday. Not just when everyone else is worshiping. Anybody can worship. We have a band up here and you have, a, you have that moment uh, where we're all worshiping together. Anybody could do that. For you to worship at your kitchen sink, for you to worship when your car breaks down, for you to worship when something happens to you at work, that makes you a worshiper, and there's a power in praise that you can discover. David would worship the Lord, and the demons would take off, leave him alone. He's caused me to become a co-laborer with God. He's given me a work ethic. It doesn't come from being Mennonite. It comes from being connected to Jesus. It's part of his grace. And uh, he's, he put that inside me. I didn't have that before. He's given me uh, a preordained purpose. Uh, before I was, before anything was, God actually sat down and wrote a, bro a book of my life. And my great quest in life, my, my highest ambition is to find out more and more what's in that book, and he's made it available, and he gives me vision to be able to tap into that. I'm living in his preordained purpose for my life. Beyond that, he's caused angels to become your servants. We read in Hebrews where he says that they are ministers to those who are heirs of salvation. There are angels who provide and protect and guide and direct. Awesome, awesome beings. I've had some experiences with this. I'm just so grateful that part of the provision of God is he's provided angels for us. He's given us creativity. Of course, we tap into him being the creator. He's the God of never-ending encouragement. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that. Even in this past two years, just saying, Father, encourage me, encourage me. 
He's the God of never-ending encouragement. He will encourage you. He wants to encourage you. Here's something else. I can't quite see it all at the bottom. Here, talk about grace. How about this for grace? He says, he says, I'll sweep up after you. I'll make it so that all things work together for your good because you love me and you're called according to my purposes. So there's, there's this amazing thing where it allows you to take risk. It allows you to try things. It allows you to get out there. And he says, even if you mess it up, I will work with you. And I'll turn that around for your good. I'll make that work for you. That'll, that'll add something to your life. It almost makes you feel bulletproof. You can just try things. You can go. He's given me visions and dreams. I haven't had very many of them, but maybe five or uh, five dreams that have been life-changing for me. Uh, he's given me visions before as part of his grace. He's put integrity in my heart to guide and protect. He's given me humility. He's given me a helpmate. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Heather. I could not pastor this church. I couldn't do the things that I do without her. She's been a tremendous helpmate for me. You should be praying for your helpmate. It makes all the difference in the world to have someone working with you, someone who believes in you, someone who, tr who trusts you, someone who's praying for you. I'm so grateful, Heather, for all your help. I know she doesn't like me to mention anything. Plus, he's given me the gift of celibacy at some times, and Heather's prayed for this for me as well. Uh, that's a joke. But there is celibacy, and it is a gift. Paul said, I have it. Paul said that he, he actually had the gift of celibacy, and uh, it's something we should be claiming. So I took this. This is the manifold grace of God. On top of everything else, he's layered me with grace upon grace, gift upon gift, blessing heaped upon blessing. Aren't you grateful for what he's done? He's done this for you. He's done this for me. Caleb, can you bring up the next slide, son? Wow. Then there's the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness. He's, he's given me the belt of truth. He's shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It, it's, this is what he said. He says, I'm going to leave these baby Christians in a pagan, filthy environment. I'm going to lead them in. I'm going to leave them uh, in this place where people worship demons. I mean, the place is infested. But all they'll need is to understand the salvation, and all they'll need is the sword of the Spirit. All they'll need is righteousness. All they'll need is faith. All they'll need is reconciliation. All they'll need is integrity. And, and there's nothing that the devil can do to stop them. In fact, this was written to churches originally. It wasn't written to individuals. It's almost like saying this, there's no reason for a church to have a split if they'll major on righteousness, if they'll, if they'll understand how salvation works and how it comes, that you're not working for it. That, that splits so many churches. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you and speak the word of God, when Jesus was being confronted by the devil and the devil was, was trying to push him into sin, Jesus would just allow the Holy Spirit to answer what the enemy said, not with, not with memory verses, but whatever that was in him, the Holy Spirit could just take that and wield it on his behalf and stop the devil cold with a simple Bible verse. 
The devil couldn't push him off the temple. The devil couldn't push him into sin. But Jesus resisted him, allowing the Spirit to speak through him. And that's a, that's a powerful, powerful thing. And if we're open as a church to what the Spirit is saying, there's no reason a church ever has to go into sin or in decline or go into a split. There's protection from that in the armor of God. I'm walking out righteousness, but I'm so grateful. I can't tell you the number of times that I've just rested in the gift of righteousness that he's already given to me. While I'm walking this thing out, I'm already covered. While I'm walking it out, there's times the enemies tried to play with my head and try to bring me down, and I just rest in the fact that God has made me righteous. I, don't, I, I, I can't be right enough in my own ability I have to rest in his, but he loves it when I tried to walk this thing out. Shield of faith, powerful, powerful tool. I've seen people where the enemy is just running over their lives and their shield. They're not standing by faith. They're not believing. They're not contending. They're, it's like their shield is stuck in the mud over there, and the fiery darts are just hitting them. Faith is incredible here, now, and forever. Faith is a powerful tool. We can't do enough to get strong faith built up. We need to be able to stop and resist the enemy. Then this gospel of peace. Different ways of seeing that, but I think what the gospel of peace is, is, is uh, cultivating reconciliation constantly between us and the Father and us and us. And between marriages, between husbands and wives. If you get around me at all, we're just a broken record of always saying, come on, let's make up. Let's get back. Let's get back to what we had. Let's reconcile. Let's forgive. Every step we take and in our wake as we walk should be reconciliation. People coming back together, not being divided, and not being torn apart. So that's grace on top of grace. He said if you're covered with these few things, there's nothing the enemy can do. There's nothing the enemy can do. He said put on the entire armor. There isn't, there isn't anything else. I've seen people who have rosary beads. I see people who have all kinds of junk on their dash of their car trying to protect them. This is it. This is all you need. It's that simple. It's that profound. And this is on top of the manifold grace of God and all the other things that he's put in my spirit right from the very beginning. Caleb, can you pull up the next one? <laughs> Beyond that, this is amazing. Beyond that, he's given me something called the baptism with the Holy Spirit, where the powerful Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, has been poured into me not just to make me whole, not to make me a better Christian, but now I've got something to give away. Now I've got something to make a difference in other people's lives. And with the Holy Spirit, I have access to a powerful set of tools, a, a toolbox, my father's toolbox, where there's, there's, there's uh, signs, wonders, divers, miracles, plus gifts of the Holy Spirit, all available to, to, to Penn Clark. That, that's an amazing thing. See, I, I was vanilla. I had nothing. I had no grace, no abilities. And he's just added it to me. 
He's given me access to this. I started pressing in for the gifts of the Spirit. I wanted to experience the power of God. And, and I didn't know how far I could go. I didn't know how someone homely as me, how far I could go. And I began pressing it, saying, can I have more? Can I have this gift? Can I? And, I, and I've gotten so far, I've never heard the Lord say, hey, you're being too greedy. I've never heard him say, you've had enough. Settle down. It's almost like he's looking for people to press in and tap into it, and he can't hardly find anybody. There's so much grace. There's so much grace available. We're, we're like a man standing on the shore of Lake Ontario or one of these big lakes, Seneca Lake, and we've got a tin cup, and we're, we're drinking out of it, but we're sipping gently, carefully with our little tin cup, lest we drain the lake. <laughs> You'll never drain the lake. There's an abundance of grace. He just can't hardly find anyone who's ready to tap into it. I remember trying to get my friends as a young Christian saying, come on, let's go for the gifts of the Spirit. I remember praying and saying, God, I know you're going to make me rich. I don't want money. I want grace. Give me grace. Let me experience the gifts of the Spirit. I couldn't find anybody who wanted to go with me. Press in for more grace. I got the keys to our church pastor gave them to me, and I'd go there and pray, and I wore out the carpet practically going around that auditorium praying every, every chance I can get to go there, and I'd pray and say, God, I want grace. I want the gifts of spirit. I want, I want to see, I want to be able to touch people, and, and they're healed. I want to be able to prophesy. I want to be able to experience the power of God. It's available. It comes as a experience that comes from the baptism of the spirit. Plus, beyond that, there's apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists and an abundance of grace. All these, all these abilities. There's deacons and, and, and bishops. And I remember saying, God, I want that. I want to experience that. And, and he's allowed me to come into that. And it's, it's grace, grace beyond myself. I, I remember talking to my pastor and, and I said, how do you know the things you know? And he says, well, it didn't, it didn't come with me. I didn't know this. It came with the calling. God wanted me to have it, and so he, it came with the calling. And there's times that I can move in from one grace to another, and you just become another man. There's so much grace. Plus, beyond that, then there's ministries, and you can have multiples of any of these. So there's helps and administrations and leadership or ruling, teaching, exhortation, giving, serving, mercy. Tremendous amounts of grace. I wrote out the nine gifts of the Spirit. There are nine. There are only nine. Paul didn't write, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He didn't say, this is just a sample. There's so much. But any combination of these is, is so stunning. You see guys like Elijah in the Bible or Elisha, and they're walking in these gifts of the Spirit, and they become like supermen. They could just decide things by the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing to see. Plus, you can experience the impartation of these gifts through the laying on of hands, and you can lay hands on other people, and those gifts will move from heart to heart. Plus, beyond that, he's given us all power over all the power of the devil. Isn't that an amazing thing? You, you, little old you, he's given you power over all power so that nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
You could drink poison under the right conditions, not as a test, but I, I've, I've read of Christians who are forced to drink poison and it doesn't hurt them. We see Paul being bitten by a little viper and he shakes it off in the fire and they're watching for him to turn black and swell up and he doesn't. There's so much grace, so much power. Amazing. So I took these. Go ahead, Caleb, and pull up the... It should be one final one. What I did is I, I took plastic acetate layer upon layer and I stacked them up and all of a sudden I, all the things I'd written out quickly I could see them all at a glance and I looked at layers of grace and I looked at myself and I thought man that's what I look like to God that's what I look like to the devil no wonder he doesn't want me to know what's been made available to me through Christ Jesus I look better than Darth Vader. I mean, look, that's an awesome being. That's not how I saw myself. I saw myself, my helmet's crooked. I can't find my shield, my sword. I can't even get it out of my sheath. I saw myself as a bumbler, as weak, as puny. And all of a sudden, I had a vision. I said, no, that's not. That, this is what I look like in the spirit. And there's an abundance of grace. Aren't you grateful? Most of this stuff has already been given to you. It's a matter of appropriating it. It's a matter of taking it. It's a matter of being thankful for it by faith and saying, I received this by faith and I'm grateful for, for it by faith. Most of my Christian life has becoming what I am becoming what he's made me to be. Do you realize that's what you look like? You're an awesome being created in Christ Jesus for good works, not by good works. He wants you to tear up and down the devil's kingdom if you find out what you've, been, what you've been made available, what's been made available to you, what you've been given in Christ Jesus, if you tap into that, you become aware of it, it becomes unlimited access to grace, tremendous power, tremendous tools are made available to you. We need to teach our kids this. They need to see themselves the way God sees them. Aren't you grateful? A cornucopia. Is that the right way? Am I saying it right? Cornucopia. You know, when you say Thanksgiving, they'll have one of those horns filled with fruits and vegetables. Well, you have one of those in your heart. Oh, it's filled with grace. Amen. Well, let's stop here. Let's stand together. Can you raise your hands and shout a hallelujah? hallelujah. Are you grateful for what God has given you? Look where you were before and where you are now, and it's all by his grace. Father, we haven't thanked you enough.
Lord, we were nothing. We didn't know you were. We didn't know that you're a rewarder of those who seek you. We didn't know how rich we were. We're living in lives that are so contrary to you, but you sought us and you bought us with your redeeming blood. We're so grateful, Father. Father, you've made us richer than kings. There's so many people in our neighborhoods, so many people in our families that you've made them just as rich, but they don't know it. We're asking, Lord, that we can have opportunities this Thanksgiving holiday and Christmas coming up to be able to tell them how great you are, what kind of grace we've tapped into. Thank you, Father. We love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.